A reverse harem bodyguards. <laughs> a reverse harem. It's a hair. It's, you know, like a female. It's like an IU with like 10 bodyguards. <laughs> yes. 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 And what if they each work each, and she just calls them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Like they each have a name. <laughs> There's seven of them. Oh my God. That's, why don't we just write one called like seven days a week? Seven days a week. And Jungkook can do the, the OST. <laughs> there we go. Anyang SAO, welcome to Afternoon Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists and your K romance guides. So grab some deck bokey and listen to your new favorite unease. Hello, Megan. Hi, Leah. So today the band is not all together again. I had somebody write today and I was like, I'm so happy the band's back together, but I know. And now we're breaking up again for just for a week. And that's for a week. So look, here's the thing is it's back to school season Ugh. and back to school nights are coming in hard and fast. So tonight is Amy's kids back to school night. So she's holding it down. Single mom going out to get to do the fun fill. I've got two back to school. Let me, let me, I wanted some pity. Okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm prepared tomorrow, to give it to you. Tomorrow is my birthday. And there are two back to school nights tomorrow. No. This is the curse of being born on August 31st. Because also when I was little, my birthday was the first day of school, like at least every three years. Oh, I know. Thanks parents for like having sex on New Year's (laughs) Eve nine months ago. (laughs) And back to school nights. So and I know your kids are like older too. So like back to school nights now for me are just like hell because the school is hot Mm. and you're just surrounded by like middle schoolers with body odor and it's just the worst right like (laughs) the hallways are packed and i just oh i just don't want to do it and i well when amy said oh yeah i have you know the back to school nights for my kids i was like i better look up the dates for mine because i don't even have them in my calendar so thanks to amy (laughs) My personal life is a little <laughs> bit more sorted because I actually like uh, wrote it down on my calendar. It's rough. I mean, well, she did call us out today and said, I have to look after my own two kids. I don't have time to look after the two of you. She said she called us her virtual children. <laughs> it was because um, we I'm very bad at writing down. Pa- I change our uh, podcast passwords all the time and never write them down or tell anyone. Yeah, don't try to break in. Because you know what? You won't guess our password because we don't even know the password. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you ever want to hack us, <laughs> let me tell you. Good luck. <laughs> That's my good security system. <laughs> is being like, I actually don't know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Poor but Amy. you know what? I'm going to make this is going to be short banter because I want to get into what we're talking about today. Because you know what? Amy's in a forced proximity situation with us. She is in a forced proximity, like a virtual world with us all the time. (laughs) She can't escape. She may want otherwise, but she is now stuck with us. Well, you know what? Here is a little bit of more banter. I uploaded our pod last night, the because it was my first life. And it was either like 164 or 168 in terms of podcasts. And I was like, that's a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Dude, every time I look at the number, I'm like, did we really release that many episodes? I'm like, is this my life's work? <laughs> right. 
like someday will like my great grandchildren be like to know me better. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that have been crazy though? Like, okay. So when I was a kid, first of all, my mom was like a teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, So just so you get an idea of like what kind of personality she is. And my parents were just like always parents. I don't know how it's to, they weren't Mm -hmm. like my friends. I mean, now they're my friends, but like I definitely had parents who were like, parents like yes. the leaders yes me too and how weird would it have been <laughs> like i if my mom had a podcast <laughs> like how wild would that have been where i could like hear her talk about like being a human bigfoot come <laughs> i can guarantee you my mom doesn't like to talk to people on a good day <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't think it would have been as successful. I don't think she would have a lot of air to fill. But I'm just like, what if I had an insight into like my mom's? If your mom could do a podcast, what do you think her yeah. theme would be? Honestly, she she's my mom is so into yoga Ooh. and tea. You know what my mom is actually really good at is self-care. I'm yeah, I'm serious. Like my mom is really good at taking care of herself. Like when it comes to like her health and everything, I think she would do like an amazing like self-care podcast. Yeah, she does yoga. She drinks her tea. I mean, she's just such a such a boomer. <laughs> yeah, but that's <laughs> but very she's... like centered. I yeah. mean, I'm trying to think what my mom would what do. What about mom would do or a your podcast. dad? Okay, my dad. Whew, that's a yeah. different, a completely different personality. So you threw me. Yeah. My dad would do like a how to win friends and influence people. So my dad, my mom defines, inf- like my mom is the definition of not only introvert, but also maybe like misanthrope. Like she just it would be fine <laughs> to like never deal with people in the world. Like she knows oh. like us and loves us. Right. But beyond that, she's like not that. Nah. invested she's not into humanity <laughs> i mean not in a way that <laughs> like, like you know, race well growing up yeah i wouldn't say that like she's gonna listen to this i hope it doesn't hurt <laughs> yeah i don't sometimes they listen to me when they're on walks oh that's <laughs> so, so they do. this isn't meant to be okay well here's the thing that she will know is that when we were in high school i gave her a birthday gift that i thought was funny it really hurt mm-hmm. her feelings i gave her a stuffed taxidermied blowfish and said this reminds me of you Oh my god! <laughs> what are my feelings? She was very upset, but now it hangs up in the laundry room, and it's like a happy reminder. But my dad is like very much like he was in sales. He's like you know, shaking hands and making friends, and you know, connected dots. So, well, it's fun. I feel like our dads would get along. Like, mm-hmm. so one of the things I remember from my childhood is bookshelves. Of Dale Carnegie books. Yeah, my dad is like a big self. Of, who yeah. moved my cheese is my dad. I don't know who wrote who moved oh, okay. my cheese. What color is my parachute? Yeah. All those kind of. Yeah, books. yeah. My dad loves that stuff too. Like, okay. but he was huge Dale Carnegie. I feel like they would get along really well. We should yeah. get them. To, we should get them together sometime. That would be fun. Okay, what do they drink pod- wine? Oh, my dad likes to drink wine. Okay, but so do my parents. That could be we fun. Get them what, what about um, Neil? If Neil could do a podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> Actually, honestly, right now it might be about running. He just mm. that's his like big thing. He he does tons of research and especially now that Dane my my son, my 12-year-old son is doing like cross country. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so now Neil is like even more into it because he's like now researching stuff for Dane. He's and... running his way to be Dane's brother. <laughs> How to run your way to be your own son. It still comes up. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, what about Nick? Would Nick do birds? <laughs> <laughs> um... How to, no, Nick would <laughs> How to kill a chicken. How, how to, to euthanize a chicken. a chicken. Look, honestly, I feel like he should. I think that would be a good goal for him. I feel like lately there's been a lot of um, dooming about climate change in our home uh, from him. And yeah. so what I'm afraid of is he would just do the what's it all matter. <laughs> but climate, climate change has come for us all. And I don't know if that would be like, up, I would be like, what's the hopeful stories and how we can live within these t- t- trying times? Instead, it's like, why? Why? <laughs> why do we bother? El Nino's coming. <laughs> El Nino's. I, I actually, I literally just like watched a YouTube video and I just now at 40 learned the difference between El Nino and El er, El Nina or so we, so Nina. I can't remember because it's one thing in the upper hemisphere or the northern hemisphere and it's another thing and and this should if Nick ever heard this it would cause him great disappointment because he talks about both all the time I forget oh, which one he? makes it okay. wet and which one makes it dry basically yeah so but which uh, one but yeah. which one's El Nino dry or wet well I think it depends where you live okay. like for you El Nino <laughs> yo I think makes it dry for okay. you like for me it's going to be completely different okay because we live three time zones away okay which is wild to me so that being said anyway. yeah i think that would be what his his podcast would be whereas i would de- be more like prepping with joy you would you'd be so good at that oh my god <laughs> i should i should do a whole podcast on how to I- prep without bullets <laughs> because i used to look for that oh my god this is like the brand i needed i was like how do i how do i be in the prepper lifestyle and not want to like carry a gun right yeah because i, just I feel like ca- hey, I, yeah, I just want to like, jar some shit <laughs> yeah i mean i want to survive look at if, if the shit's going down everyone thinks they're going to be shooting no it's it's the people who've got the food and are like laying low no one <laughs> you run around with a hail of bullets you're gonna get you're going down right you want to be in the cave with your black bean stew i've watched the purge yeah there's there's nothing good with you know (laughs) you could have like your whole arsenal i'm like what are you gonna what are you gonna do anyway yeah the people who are the people who are surviving are the ones who have the granola bars (laughs) yeah i'm like maybe just go for a hike and figure out how to forge some shit better but you know anyway soapbox for another that was my old hobby before uh k-drama and bts (laughs) I mean, we all have our hobbies. I we mean, do. my hobbies last like a day. I mean, I, I did macrame for like a solid two days. And I was really into it for like two days. <laughs> <laughs> my hobbies are short-lived. This, this, this is, is the K-drama this is hobby. Yeah, same. This is amazing for me. I'm, I'm a known quitter of things. <laughs> and no, no need to fear, though. Like, because again, Amy. No, because this take... is forced proximity. Exactly. We're stuck and together. I, well, also, I... Like you guys are stuck with me now. Like, yeah, I, I feel like it. this just is happening. We're gonna do this for till we get to at least a thousand. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I want that. I want that number to be big of episodes. But anyway, so I think we made enough segues, sort of, or enough. Yeah, we kept segueing um, back to our what our topic is tonight. So why don't you take it away and let everyone know what we're talking about? Yeah, which I'm really excited. I just want to say this was your idea, and I'm 
glad. And it came up. Well, it, it came up because you said you loved it. Yeah. It so came it was up actually because. True. It came up in because this is my first life podcast, how mm. much I love this trope. So one thing uh, the Afternoonas all have in common is that we love the old, trusty, never fail romance trope of forced proximity. Anytime a plot forces the two main leads to spend time together, that's forced proximity, and it can take many forms. An article by Jessica Avery on Book Riot summed up what makes this trope so appealing. Quote, the forced proximity trope takes two people who should logically never fall in love and removes them from their, quote, known world. Sometimes this means physically relocating them, and other times it simply means creating enough of a disturbance in their daily lives or routines that they are sufficiently disoriented. It's all about the disorientation, shaking up the norm until the characters are enabled to fall in love despite everything that might otherwise separate them. The means by which the disorientation takes place, however, is entirely up to the creativity of the author. It's expansive and flexible, and it creates a situation both freeing and ephemeral. The leads have the freedom to fall in love, but there's always this clock ticking down above their heads, reminding them that the real world is waiting. And I just really liked that description. Um, I don't know. what do you, like? Do you yeah. like that? Do you like what she has to say? I love the like disorientation bit. I thought it was... Um, a good way to sum up the trope. Yeah, I like it. And I think that for romance, what's fun about it is, you know, big separations can be very romantic and very fun in romance, but you know, that shoved together kind of like we can't escape whatever the situation is, is um, I just feel like it always is going to be enjoyable because when you're signing up for the romance, you're signing up to watch the dynamic of two people having to fall in love. So the more you're keeping them in each other's orbit, much of the time it's working to yeah. our advantages like both like a writer because you come up with more funny reasons or set whatever kind of reasons happy sad whatever to keep them together and as a reader it keeps you with like the couple on the page where a lot of times in romance reading you're like i just want the couple you know like you know there's b stories and other plots that like the story's taking you to kind of like go on the journey but like you know you're looking for the times that the characters are connected and in a show you're looking for the times that they're like with each other yeah, I mean, it's oftentimes when I'm reading a book where sometimes there's like, you know, I don't know, getting from point A to point B or sort of, mm -hmm. yeah, that like B story. But I'm always like, okay, but when are they going to be alone? Like, when are you going to get them together, force them to spend time together and either like confront their feelings or get to know each other? Either way, like I'm always waiting for that moment. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, yeah, we can talk about um, why we like forced proximity I mean, for me, it's I love relationships that flourish without outside influence, which um, the article kind of touches on that. So forced proximity trope just comes with lots of alone time. That's just like the nature of the trope. And like the book Riot article says, it often involves taking the characters out of their comfort zones. They find themselves having to rely on each other. And, and in a way, they're like testing each other's mettle. Like, what better way to see a partner's responsibility and ethics than being forced to work on a group project with them? Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's always something that goes along with forced proximity that also like makes you like that other, like it gives that other character a reason to show who they are and what they can do. And I guess on a base level, like why they would make a good partner. Yeah, like the comp competency is very attractive. Yes. I am a competence co competency junkie. Like when people talk about yeah. like ideal types, like I never have a physical type. 
but I do have a competency. Like if I just see somebody really good at something, like unless it's like something real bad, like unless you really get at murdering, but like if you're really good at whatever, usually I I love, yeah, I just love watching people be, do what they're good at. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even care if it's a professional eater like there is a professional eater on YouTube. <laughs> professional. I'm serious. His name is Matt Stoney, and every t- and it's. I know it sounds gross because he's eating like pounds and pounds of food, but I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hot, but he's so good at it. I think <laughs> that I'm going to probably say that's not that's not something I align with. I'm not gonna yuck your yum. I do appreciate that there's a talent to it, and I miss. I Thank don't you. understand elements of it. Yeah. No, no for me. But I would watch somebody do only liver surgeries. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you would. Remember when you were like in a hospital playlist, you're like 10 out of 10, too many liver surgeries. And I was like, that was like the best. I was like, sign me up. I'll just sit and watch liver surgeries all day. You're like, no, hospital playlist needs 10 times (laughs) times more more operating rooms. (laughs) More (laughs) operating rooms. (laughs) so yeah i mean i kind of like wrote down a bunch of different reasons that they're popular um yeah i like it and so i'm not we don't have to go through all of them but let's talk about some so one is just like like you had alluded to like the intense emotions so if they're in Mm. close proximity there's usually some sort of like pressure cooker environment not always but usually there's some sort of like stakes that are like putting them together and so there can be more intense connection and they often might have to rely on each other for you know support um also again the character development like you also alluded to which is basically you you might see them in new ways and learn new things about them peel back the layers of the onion so to speak um obviously conflict but you know also the potential for chemistry and then also it's that idea of and i think this is what one thing i really like about it is that there's a sense of that escapism and fantasy that was kind of what the quote touched on as well which is the fact that you're taking them out of their comfort zone right so you're putting them into a different type of setting and that also just makes it interesting and fun sometimes and so again like there's so many we're going to also talk about the many different types of force proximity in a while and so not all force proximity is wildly escapist and romantic like us podcasting together for the next foreseeable decade and a half but you know i mean it could be i was considering not having a shirt on when we signed in because it's so hot here i was like well uh we'll make him be bothered if i'm just in my bra because i'm really hot i figured no but then i thought um my son might come home and he would be disappointed to see that (laughs) so i decided not to um okay then like also slow burn because again you know you've got that like slow kind of like you're coming together in this in the space and often it can be just like, you know, that slow ratcheting up of connections. Um, and I'm just going to skip to, let's see, you know, I'm going to skip to the one that I like too, which is just like, there's a lot of scope for variety and creativity. Like as a writer, if somebody's like, write me 10 or 15 force proximity ideas each one would be totally different because the possibilities are endless. Like it's like, are we doing a snowed in, winter avalanche or are we doing you're stuck on the moon or are we doing you know there, there's many di- we're in a war zone like each one would be a totally different story right so that being said have you ever written forced proximity romance so yeah this is <laughs> you know i went for like one of my weirdest ones i've written a lot of forced proximity because mm-hmm. i really like it and under ella maven my alien books almost all of them 
are a form of forced proximity um, because that's what I, I just, I like it. I think my readers like it and that's what they expect from me now Um, where, you know, I have like a human woman who's like somehow marooned with an alien man somewhere on this, you know, other planet. But the one that I wrote, <laughs> which I did really like, is called The Alien's Escape. But basically, they uh, it was um, a human woman, and she was imprisoned in an underground laboratory with uh, an alien male. And they're, like, the enemy aliens were experimenting on them and also trying to get them to breed. I know, this is this is what I do. But... Um, I loved it because they had to be, they had to, like, obviously the goal is to escape. Like, they're Mm -hmm. not gonna, they're not gonna, you know, allow their babies to be used by these enemy aliens. Um, and so they had to be resourceful. They had to get to know each other. They were stuck in this, like, four-walled, you know, room with no windows. And so they got to know each other. Sex chamber. I Yeah, I mean, they were literally in a, a pressure chamber. But, um, I really liked writing that one. It was a lot of fun. That is fun. And I'm interested. Yeah, so you, you had me at force breeding program. I don't know why. I mean, yeah. It was, sell, me, sell me, sell me in a nutshell. I was like, got me. That's what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a literal, like one that only, I feel like I use elements of it a lot. Like I've had a lot of like neighbors and stuff like that. Um, but one that just kind of jumped out at me that was like a hundred percent, like really that's like the most part of it. It was in an anthology called Snowbound at Winter. <laughs> and so it's three forest proximity sto- stories dealing with being sto- uh, snowbound. It was with Avon and I did um, yeah. Hot Winter's Night. So, uh, you know, basically it was part of my Brightwater series and it was a returning soldier and I think a florist, if I can remember right. I think her name was Goldie. Yes, for Marigold, because she was a florist. Just coming back to me. It's funny how you like forget your books. I couldn't remember the name of the book. I had to go look it up because I'm like, what was the name of that book? I... I, I did have to, like, rem- I'd look back and I'm like, well, what's kind of, like, my best forced, pro- forced proximity? I mean, I do have one where they're snowed in together. That was, like, a holiday yeah. alien and so this story. is a holiday one, too. This was holiday <laughs> Christmas. No aliens. No aliens. But the one I like yeah. the best, which is pretty simple, is um, Best Worst Mistake. And that is my very close retelling to Beauty and the Beast, which also has elements of, I mean, Beauty and the Beast is its own troop, but there's a forced proximity element to it as well. And right, so she right. ends up, you know, trying to, you know, I basically have, I even have like a crazy old Maurice. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you really? I love it. I do. Oh her God, dad, her dad goes wandering from the nursing home and he, Aww. the hero picks him up. The hero is, you know, she's a bookshop owner. Oh yeah. That's the thing. She's a bookshop owner. Cause it's Belle. I'm remembering bits of it now. And okay. she has a delivery she has to do book deliveries to this mysterious address that because she's never like met the guy. And uh-huh. he is um remember he was my smoke jumper who got burned while helping oh. protect the fawn, the baby deer. Right. <laughs> and so he kind of like lives out in the woods and he's an avid reader, so he doesn't want to go in and like be seen. So he puts in these orders for the books. And so right. that's like whatever. But anyway. <laughs> She goes to get her dad back and I think there's, you know, a storm and other things and they end up being like stuck in together too. It's like, I think I really love the Snowbound. I love the Snowbound anytime. Who doesn't? Yeah. It's the, it's such a good force proximity. 
All right. Well, what about um, any books you haven't ri- written, but you really love that are forced proximity? So I am really mad because I cannot remember the name of the book that I am thinking Great. about. Very helpful. I, I know. <laughs> and I'm like so mad and I'm like, should I even bring it up? But I... I am going to try to find it and then put it in the show notes. That's going to be my goal. Okay. Or maybe a reader will hear it and be like, I know that book and we'll share it out. Yeah. It was a gay romance. And basically it was these two men who were in a train, uh, like derailing. Okay. And like everyone died, but somehow they were kind of like secluded in this small area of the train and um, they were stuck together and it was completely dark. So they could barely see each other, but they had to kind of like, one of them was like injured and, but they were like looking at through people's bags for food and water because they had to survive. They were Mm. like, they knew that help would come. But I love the idea that it was like dark and they could barely see each other. So they always had to hold hands if they went anywhere because they couldn't lose each other. So there was this element of like, they always had to be touching. Mm. Um, And then there was this element of like the fact that they were competent or they had to be competent. Um, And then in order to like fill the time, they they would talk about themselves. And there was also uh, this ticking clock where they were like, maybe we'll never be rescued. And so they both were kind of like, maybe this is it. And so they were a little bit more free with their words than um they normally would be and it was so good i loved it and you know then things happen and i don't even want to give a spoiler because i am going to find the freaking title and i'm going to put it in the show notes because it's a really good book and it was actually a really good series so i will find it and i'll put it there i think that's super fun and um it also reminds me loosely we're going to talk a little bit more about a drama that features this trope heavily i've seen in a few bls now of being handcuffed together just having to hold hands yes sometimes i've seen it when you accidentally <laughs> get handcuffed together oh yeah <laughs> i love that um so i put down two they're very different because again i just kind of want to i think what's fun today is just to talk about the huge variety because i think that this is one of the tropes that has the most possibilities oh like, my gosh that's why it's so great endless ways to skin this cat <laughs> so oh my god yeah um so i'm going with two that are vastly different the first is the hating game by sally thorne and this got made into a show. I actually haven't watched the show or not a show, like a movie, but I really yeah. love the book. And essentially the forced proximity dynamic. It's also an office romance. I think those go well together in tropes because you're often like forced to work with someone. So in this case, it was two assistants, enemies to lovers, forced proximity. Um, and that's the other thing is I think most of the time it's rare that you're going to see a forced proximity on its own. I mean, it's rare you see any tropes on its own, but usually forced proximity is part of you're going to layer that in with a couple of these other tropes. You bet. Um, and so that one's fun, though. Um, and then the one that I wanted to talk about a little more just because it's wild. And that, is it, I mean, is it a romance? Yeah. Yeah. It's like women's fiction with romantic elements. Right. I was pretty into this romance. <sighs> I was too. So On the Island, Tracy oh, Garvis Graves. So the good. The premise <laughs> good of book. the island, or the premise of the book is... I think it's Mauritius. Like, basically, it's a person who's a private teacher for a young boy, a boy in high school, who's a cancer Mm -hmm. survivor. And so he hasn't been able to be in, like, regular school with his treatments and things like that. But he's, like, in recovery. And the family's wealthy. And they're going to, like, 
some you know bungalow on the ocean it's been a long time since i've read this so if i get it wrong yeah me too yeah Yeah, like 10 years or something and anyway they are going out to meet the family in the indian ocean and their plane obviously goes down so they get trapped the thing i love so much that she does because it's just like it was just such perfect like whatever is that her suitcase with all her toiletries and razors washes up on the island so she is oh yeah freshly shaven and i I guess she stocked up like apparently she really she really stocked up for this so she has Mm -hmm. a lot of shampoo a lot of shaving i just thought that was really like a funny detail to throw into it Mm -hmm. and then they're they're there there for years years so basically he comes of age yeah he comes of age and because when they crash he has braces so there's actually a whole scene where he removes his His braces braces. himself and she's not into him when they land like it's not a romantic situation he she's like probably like early 20s kind of like a fresh young teacher and he's like the kid she's teaching but she's not like looking at him in that way that's why it's so good because it goes from this like completely like essentially their their relationship starts to shift because she's almost like a mother to him and then mm. it completely shifts because he's like a he he becomes a man and then it takes a while before they go into the romance but it is it was it's a great yeah, book but they're like on the island for like five years maybe like it's a very it's a long time long time yeah um, like he comes back a completely different person yeah i mean he comes well, back she like too but like maybe he was like 16 when it happened and he comes back and he's like 21 and she's like 30 or something like that yeah. like i don't know but yeah it's something yeah. like there's a big enough age difference but it's not like a predatory weird age difference no and they address it in the book yeah and they're like when did this relationship start? the parents are very pissed when they come back and yeah like, this is my woman and they're like the fuck you say that's the teacher <laughs> <laughs> so it's so great yeah. we just spoiled the whole book but that's okay but it um leans, it leans in on those things of like um you know, the shared experiences, making them fall in love, the escapism and fantasy. They're on like a freaking tropical island with a suitcase full of expensive <laughs> toiletries. <laughs> intense it emotions. It completely takes them, takes them out of their own world. Yep. Character development. So, you know, we've got it all. So it's, yeah. I still think read well, guess, it. <laughs> it's a this wasn't one. in the script, but what what tropes do you think that you can layer with Force Proximity that like go so well because i i guess what i'm saying i would say first of all enemies to lovers i yeah, think that's the most i was just common, gonna say that was the first thing i was gonna say yeah the most common trope that you um can layer with force proximity because obviously it's like those two would never ever be alone together mm-hmm. in any other situation because they're enemies so the fact that you like force them together and make them also confront the reasons they don't like each other because a lot of times the reasons they don't like each other is like maybe like oh, like a weird sexual tension that's like yeah of course m- manifesting into like irritation or whatever yes and then i think i'm gonna go with office romance because i just think that like again they don't like each other they're forced together but what's the reason you mm-hmm. know we could do a very big high stakes world ending kind of conflict but it could also just mm-hmm. be like you just have to be in the same office building as this person or on the same job right. in some way and that's i mean that is a perennial trope and i would actually say friends the lovers is really good with this too because i think friends the lovers there's maybe never a reason that they have to spend that much alone time together and also i think the force trucks proximity trope makes them see each other in a different light 
especially mm-hmm. if it's like completely out of the out of their element. Like this say reminds they are me. Transported yes, sorry to jump to in, a, but this reminded me of island. Amy. Sorry, <laughs> I stuck right over you. I, no, it, it it reminded you of Amy. Yeah, because Amy wrote that book, The One Who Got Away, and it's the best friends, and they do a road oh, trip. So it's forced proximity because right. they're in a road trip in the car, and they're yeah. two best friends, and then they fall in love. In like so again, like a road trip is a great forced proximity, and then you had um trust the focus oh i had a road trip yeah you're right actually that was friends to lovers and that was the same thing (laughs) forced proximity they were in a they were doing a road trip in like a camper yes look at you remembering our books i know look at i'm such a fan you are um okay i'm sure we'll think of some because now is the point where we're going to get into some drama examples that's why you're all here right you want to hear us talk about the k-dramas should we, before we get into ours, should we read off? We have some from the Patreon of just people. Oh, yeah, let's do that. So let's do some of yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people said some really good ones. I was reading through them earlier today. Okay, so yeah. I think and actually so. ones, well, it was funny because some people commented, I because I had like went through the script and like wrote stuff down. And it was funny because some of the dramas they mentioned, they even like worded it like I did. Like they <laughs> were on the same page, I think, as a lot of our patrons. Well, I'll skip some of the ones that we repeat because I see some of the ones that we repeat that come back over and over. And um, like there's a couple that we get into. So I'll leave those. Yeah. Um, Okay. So one is uh, let's see. Okay. Here's one. So much force proximity, goodness and strong woman, Do Bong Soon sharing the office cohabitation. But my favorite is when she's acting as his bodyguard and does a princess carry, which is amazing. Like, so she has to carry Park young Shik, like, you know, and rescue him because she's the bodyguard. Yeah. So bodyguard is automatic force proximity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, it's the best. Yes. So one that you haven't seen yet, but it's very good and it's not a big spoiler, is um, the part in King the Land where there's, they they end up in a hotel room because of a storm. So they end up on this, like island that has like this one janky hotel and basically the boat captain kind of is like the boat's broken i have to take you to this hotel it's like a total scam and it's like his mom owns the hotel or whatever and then when they go in to check in because they're both like shit they don't do a one bed and we're going to get into the one bed in the forest proximity because i know you like it but in this case they just put a sheet in the middle of the room and then they have to sleep on the opposite sides of the sheet <laughs> so that's kind of funny um oh Go I ahead. like this one. I because I actually have forgotten. Uh, su- suspicious partner, uh, and so the comment says, "I don't remember why Ji Chang Wook and Nam Ji Hyun are both living in his house and law office, but I do remember multiple swoony pre-official relationship scenes of one of them falling asleep or being asleep while the other watches over fondly. The sleeping in the other's presence factor is something I love in forced proximity romance. It's a safety, vulnerability, protect protectiveness thing." And I find it very pleasing. And I was like, oh, my God, I, mm. that that you're right. I feel like the falling asleep, seeing people when they're sleeping, that is so much a forced proximity thing. That's yes. just so good. So Sarah, I'm going to say her name because you were just with her in England. She yeah. she gives us one and calls us out. I always love to be called out. She's right. She right. wrote, I'm going to make mine about a drama you guys haven't watched or deep dived. And I don't <laughs> know why or how it's dropped off your radar because it's sexy, funny and short and you'd love it. Oh, my God. So that drama is love to hate you. 
The female lead is a kick-ass street fighter and a lawyer by day. And the male, uh, the, male, the, the male lead is a movie star who fights too cleanly. So he has to learn to fight more dirty for this gangster he's playing. How has Meg, how have you not watched this? What? I didn't know what that's what it was about. So lots of forced proximity, great enemies to lovers. She becomes a stunt double on his movie and then they fake date. Honestly, you have what? to watch this. And then the second male lead with his beautiful hair is the um of villains from Flower oh, of Evil. Oh my God. Why have I not watched that? I didn't know that that was the plot. Nobody sold you How? a street fighter. No one sold me. People, people, listen. <laughs> if there is a street fighter of any type, that's all you have to tell me. And it should be the first thing that comes out of your mouth. That's yeah, all you say. <laughs> You're trying. Yeah, that's all you say. Um, okay. uh, I, I'm going to mention this one because it's not a romance, but it's still a forced proximity mm-hmm. relationship that's really well done. Um, so this is, I'm going with my gut. And the first thing that came to mind was bad and crazy. Mm. And yeah, that whole drama, she says, but in particular, the scene where they're trapped in the back of the mail truck and Kay is so hot. He needs to take his pants off. <laughs> it's really funny. They're in this. It's, you know, we had June eat on book and they're, you gotta watch, you just gotta watch bad and crazy. It's fantastic. Uh, if you're listening, but, uh, they're like stuck in the back of this mail truck. Cause they were like hiding in there. And then. The driver gets in and drives away and it's so hot and they are like pressed up against each other. And Kay's like, I'm really hot. I got to take my pants off. And Edong looks like, why do you go right to the pants? Why are you taking your pants off? It's so great. It, the whole drama is a lot of forced proximity um, in regards to like their relationship. And it's it's fantastic. So I'm glad you pointed that out because it's not a romance, but it's still a great uh, relationship. Yeah, totally. So another one is one I always seem to forget about, but absolutely adore is my roommate is a Gumio. Did you watch that one? Mm, I did. So, yeah. A modern day fantasy where the main characters have to stay close together in case the female lead touches a man who was born in the year of the tiger. And the only cure for the pain is the male lead's touch. Um, excuse me. Sign me up immediately. Yes. I am so mad that I forgot. I feel like I just don't think of that one. I am so glad someone brought that up because, yeah, it's because then they have to live together Mm -hmm. because, um, yeah, she like can't be away from him, basically. Uh, Or he'll or she'll because, yeah, she could die if she touches um, a man born the year of the tiger. And also he doesn't want to let her out of her sight because she has his fox speed. So he doesn't want like, you know, it's it is really good. And it's absolutely forced proximity because they have like they don't even like each other. That's pretty funny. Yeah. All right. Let's do good suggestion. One more. I'm trying to find one that we have we don't talk about today. I've got one, but if you want to do one, go for it. No, go ahead. So this was somebody watched this recently, but was thinking of Legend of the Blue Sea. Amy's seen this one, but neither mm. of you or neither you or I have. So you have the female lead who pretty much invites herself to live with the male lead and friends. Sleeps in the attic bedroom, but constantly pokes her head out at the male lead's bedroom below but the highlight is that he can hear her thoughts i didn't know this and she's seriously overthinking every little detail and has this non-stop stream of thoughts running through her head and sometimes a guy just wants some sleep i didn't know he could hear her thoughts in that yeah amy mentioned that in the when she sold it to us oh well i wasn't listening sorry <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> oopsie <laughs> 
Oh, well, those are so good. I'm so excited. Yeah, and there's lots more. Lot Honestly, of... I would read them all, but there's just, like, what's, one thing I really love about our Patreon, if I can do a little side plug, is that it's really fun yeah. to see how much engagement there is, and I feel like, honestly, the Patreon's way smarter than us. <laughs> oh my god, they're so smart. That's what I'm saying. Like, some of those, I'm like, they, ugh, I love it. I love going in there and asking a question because I know that they're all going to have amazing responses. Like this, we knew if we asked them a forced proximity, they were going to come up with great uh, dramas and also dr- some dramas that like we haven't seen. So it's nice to yeah. like get a, you know, a mix. Now it's time for our favorite part of every episode, which is our K-pop wreck of the week. And Megan, what do you have for us today? So this week, interesting enough, I am friends with like a reader of mine that I, I go way back and she's a big K-pop fan. And she posted this song on her Instagram story. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Because I didn't even realize who it was. It's Stray Kids. And it's their Japanese single. And it's called Social Path. And this song is so freaking good. It's really unlike a lot of their songs that they've done. Like, I I was very surprised that it was uh, Stray Kids. um, Also featuring Lisa. Not like Blackpink Lisa. Just a different Lisa. And um, I just, I love it. The chorus is great. The video is great. Um, it makes me feel like I can like run through a wall. Like, I don't know. I can like conquer the world. There's just, it just, it, oh, I don't know. There's something about it that like drives me forward or whatever. So, um, I recommend you checking it out. Check it out. It's really great. Um, yeah. So it's Stray Kids and the song is Social Path featuring Lisa. My daughter really likes that song too. I have to listen to it. There should be no guilt or embarrassment in embracing the things that bring you joy, which is why the podcasts in the Studio Afterglow Network are tailor-made for you. Discover Afternoona Delight, where three American writers examine Korean dramas through a writer's lens. Join Afternoona Army, a space for BTS fans over 30 looking for thought-provoking discussions and thirst-inducing content. Delve into the world of fruit with its bananas, where the fruit maven shares how tasting new and diverse fruits led to her self-discovery, joy, and connection. For Asian drama enthusiasts seeking answers, we bring you Afternoon to Asks, where British Chinese and Korean American hosts dive into all your Asian drama questions, including special episodes under Afternoon to Asks ND, where neurodivergent straight talk and representation are prioritized, breaking down ableist perceptions. Studio Afterglow is just beginning, and we promise to keep delivering content that warms your heart and tickles your ears. Embrace your passions, find joy, and let us be your source of unabashed delight. So yeah, we're going to go through, look, so book the Book Riot article had a great list of many ways that the trope can play out. So I'm kind of going to, I think we're going to go th- like sort of through that list and then talk about dramas that do these well, or I don't know, maybe not well, like we'll see where the discussion goes. Um, but then obviously we're going to talk about some other ways it's played out in uh, K-dramas as well. Let's talk about some some uh, force proximity tropes. Force proximity. I guess this would be like the butter of force proximity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so first up, we have fake relationship, which is what it is. <laughs> you are pretending to be involved with someone. <laughs> and I mean, look, we just talked about it, but uh, because this is my first life is a very good example. 
Yep. And then I, in that podcast, I also did give a shout out to Faded to Love You, which also has um, a couple that accidentally gets pregnant and they pretend to be married for various reasons. Wait, isn't there a, a BL that's fake relationship? Um, well, I'm watching one right now called Wedding Plan. Oh, and that's it. So okay. in that, there's kind of like the big misunderstanding where it's a wedding planner and he has the hots for the groom, but is like trying to resist, but like the groom's coming on to him and it's like, what does it mean? Like, this is all crazy. And then it turns out that basically the groom is gay. The bride is gay and has a girlfriend and has had a girlfriend for like 12 years, but they're childhood oh best friends. So they decide, let's get married. So that then, like, our parents will leave us alone and we can, like, date and be with whoever we want. Oh, I love that. I have to start it. It's okay. I'm not loving it. Um, okay, so another one is, you know, kind of, this would be definitely mostly office romances or it would, it's similar to what is always a trope in office romances, which the couple has a job or project together. And I chose our dating sim, which is also a second chance romance, which, by the way, second chance romance is always great with forced proximity because you have these exes Mm -hmm. who are like obviously trying to keep their distance and then something forces them together. The one man gets a job at the other man's company and then they're like, yeah, they're on a very small team and they have to spend a lot of one on one time together. And it's I really love that drama. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Descendants of the Sun. So kind of the main conceit of Descendants of the Sun is um, that we have a uh, a soldier whose job it is to take lives. And we have a, uh, a doctor whose job it is to save lives. And they're both put together in a fictional country of Urk in a wartime environment. <laughs> I didn't know it was a fictional country. Yeah, Urk. I don't think I've ever... I don't think I ever knew that. And it's like a country overridden by mercenaries. Oh, amazing. Yes. Amazing. And then we didn't give a shout out, and I'm surprised, too. I'm not a robot. That's a real work. I know. You know, that was her job. I know. I know. I was trying to be, I was trying to be good and not, you know, and not mention it. Go to your crutch drama. (laughs) Go to my crutch drama. But it's true. It's great. Because, yeah, they're like, they're forced. they, They have to be together. Um. Because she has to pretend to be a robot in his presence and he needs her in his presence because he's like testing her technology, even though she's not, well, you know, but yeah, it's, that is a good one. Um, so another one would be, they have a mutual goal, like bringing down, down a villain and they have to work together to achieve it. And I said Lawless Lawyer, because that's basically, the romance is very subtle in that drama, but it they're both they're both trying to take down the same villain, and that is why they're forced together, because they, they, then, they then work together. He, like, hires her in his office, which is just a cover for his entire revenge plan. Yes. And then Mr. Sunshine, they're trying to take down, you know, the colonizers <laughs> to their like, country. Japan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the U.S. I mean, basically all outside interests that are looking to take away the agency of, you know, their homeland. Yeah. This is uh, like one of them will die if the other doesn't protect them. So kind of like bodyguard romances. Um, And I said Ken Porsche is a pretty good bodyguard romance. And I wouldn't say it's like the other one will absolutely die, but they are forced together. 
uh, Porsche plays Kin's bodyguard. And yeah, they have to see each other in a different, they, they're definitely enemies at the beginning of the drama, and but they're forced to see each other differently. And, and the best is they're handcuffed together they do. They get hand- on the run. I was thinking, I want to rewatch this drama again. I was watching like some outtakes of it recently. And I'm like, that was just a fun show. It's the best. <laughs> and yeah, and, and the handcuffed together scene where, they, where they're like, suddenly they have no clothes on they're just in their boxers and like yep. a waterfall like splashing each other yep with the handcuffs on yep oh god it's so great and then again low-hanging fruit but just along those veins cloy yeah um you know like he is basically protecting her the whole time she's in korea and then even beyond once they get to south korea from the yeah, uh that's mercenary murderousness of the villain who like will stop right. at nothing he he travels the tunnel of love to protect her. Yes, he does. Um, and then, you know, again, I know sometimes we just say, like, as much as we can manifest something and speak it into being, when will the universe give us the idle bodyguard? Like, why do we not just wow. have that as all... Like, there should just be, like, one a season. I'm so irritated. The, the, the idols in every... Almost every drama I've watched that has an idol, they're always, like, second lead. They're always. always like, I'm so freaking irritated. Like, give me an idle body. Why is that not happening? Yeah. And I want, I want, a, I want all, I want the whole gamut. Like, I want to have a girl love bodyguard oh, romance. 100%. I want oh my God. a boy love one. I want yep. a cishet one. I will take yep. a thruple. <laughs> yeah. I'll take anything. I want the Just whole, give I want it- the whole, everything. Like the one bodyguard with the entire group? <laughs> a reverse harem bodyguard? <laughs> a reverse harem. It's a harem. It's, you know, like a female. It's like an IU with like 10 bodyguards. <laughs> yes. 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 Oh, my God. They each have their own. Oh, my God. They each have their own skill set. Like oh one's yes. like really good at shooting a gun. The yes. other one's like really good at Taekwondo. They all have their skill sets. Yes. And then and the IU wears the pants, but she gets to like indulge in every bodyguard and what if they each work and she just calls them monday tuesday wednesday like they each have (laughs) a name (laughs) there's seven of them oh my god that's why don't we just write one called like seven days a week seven days a week and jungkook can do the (laughs) the ost (laughs) hire us hire studio dragon we are here for the after dark episodes okay we are so here's one that I could not think of one, which was kidnapping, um, more like the Stockholm syndrome where like you fall in love with your kidnapper. Like this is one that is obviously very problematic. I like <laughs> it and it's very hard to find it. <laughs> um, right. Exactly. So, so I did some in K dramas. Yeah. And I mean, like there's like a lot of dark romance for it, but right. I'm picky with it. So I saw Google. I just Googled basically like, is there any Stockholm syndrome in K drama? And I got two, but we haven't seen either, so I can't speak to it. So I'm going to leave this to the mm-hmm. listener. I heard that Money Heist might have this in like a second lead situation. Mm, okay. And then to a lesser degree, Snowdrop may like touch on it. That makes sense from what I know of Snowdrop. That actually, I mean, I think I know, I think he's kind of like undercover, but. Yeah, so. We'll see. Huh. Okay, so now we're going to get yeah. to your absolute favorite of the force proximities. My favorite is only one bed in the room. 
It's my absolute favorite. I love it every time. Um, so I think I'm remembering Fight for My Way right, which is when they check into a hotel. Am I remembering that this is the one where they check into the hotel and they're actually like sad that they have to get separate rooms? They're like trying to pretend. Yeah, they were like, it was like, like fun that they were trying to be like, but. <laughs> they were like, but you only, you probably don't have any rooms, right? You probably just have one room with like one bed and the guy's like, we have tons of rooms. And they're like, damn it. It was so funny. That was it really was good. so funny. But then they ended up. But then, so of course, I love that because then as a viewer, you're like, damn it, because I want the only yeah. one bed. And then they gave you the only one bed because like one of them had a bug in their room mm-hmm. or something. So then they ended up sleeping together and it was fantastic. And I loved it so much. I loved it so much. So I went with a loose version of this one, which is not a bed, but one beach mat. <laughs> and this <laughs> is coffee prints. So I'm definitely stretching, but I wanted to give a call out to, you know them on their one beach mat overnight on the beach i mean they only had one mat one mat they had to snuggle in (laughs) (laughs) what are you gonna do sit in the sand and get cold no like the amount of times that i have written only one bed in my books it's it's a shame like (laughs) because i've written a lot like it's like cool out megan Um, oh, this is obviously one of my favorites. This is the cabin car or whatever is really small and they are stuck together mm. there and their body parts are touching. <laughs> There's only and one. You know what? There's only one There's... winner here. <laughs> only one winner. And you this came up away, a lot yeah. in the Patreon too. I was proud of the Patreon and I was proud of the Patreon because they labeled it correctly. Mm-hmm. They didn't just say reply 1988. Yeah. What did they say? You can say it because you're the one who came up with it. Oh, did I? Uh-huh. Boner Alley. <laughs> Boner. <laughs> like three different people on Patreon were like Boner Alley. And I was like, <laughs> like, they acted like it's the <laughs> It is. I mean, why call it anything else? <laughs> like, <laughs> like the storyboard of the drama is like, well, now we're going to Boner Alley. Like, <laughs> if you haven't seen Reply 1988, it's worth it for many reasons. Boner mm-hmm. Alley comes quick. I think it's by episode yeah. three. You're going to be like, there's a lot of alley. Yeah, there's a lot of yelling. There's a lot of family drama. All of a sudden you just yeah. get into Boner Alley. It's Boner tight. Alley. The cops are after them. <laughs> they have to hide in an alley and stuff. Stuff is touching. Yeah. And it's the, fantastic. Yep. You just get teenage boy <laughs> in all his glory. Oh, endearing. Okay. So I just, I am a sucker for this. The, and I mean, like, who isn't? They're snowed in together. Yeah. Just love it. Oh my God. The best. Yeah. I, I, again, we've both written it. Honestly, any romance writer who has, who has kind of like written a good amount of books, you've written a snowed in book. You just, you have. Actually, I'd be surprised the amount of, you know, romance writers who, you know, kind of publish on a, on a regular basis if they haven't written a snowed in (laughs) They probably have. Yeah. Or some form of it. Um, I would say, too, like natural disaster being stuck together is mm-hmm. pretty common. Mm-hmm. I think K-dramas definitely use, love to use rain. Like they mm-hmm. have to run out of the rain together. And then. Um, but I would say King the Land it had recently had a really good example of this where uh, they were on a boat and yeah. something happened to the boat. And they ended up having to go to this like little island in this tiny little inn With the one thing. sheet. <laughs> With the, with the one sheet separating them. And um, 
yeah and it, it was great because yeah it forced them to like be together they they then drank together got drunk together it was it was good it was really good and then i'm just going to give a shout out to uh boys over flowers which has like some hypothermia and then like you know because they had because what's going to get better than it is so cold we are stuck here the only thing we can do is take our clothes off to have body heat oh, the best so yeah. the very first book i ever wrote uh-huh. which is not good did not get published is living on like a google drive i have forced proximity they survive a shipwreck off the coast of van diemen's land tasmania and they have to swim to an island and they have to go into a cave that was provisioned by sailors sealers so there's like fur blankets and things like that and then they have yes. to strip out of their sodden wet clothes to be warm absolutely i in my alien books so um it's like they're the one planet that i set my books on is kind of like a war-torn planet so there's i strategically <laughs> have bunkers that have been like dug out Mm. and it's literally someone's job to go around and continuously supply these bunkers and it's really just an excuse for me to like put my characters down there and they have food water a place to wash and furs where they have to you know like take their clothes off Mm. to get under like that's literally why i wrote it that way isn't there a scene in meteor garden Yes, I actually threw this in at the end because the thing is, is that oh, we can talk about it now. Meteor Garden has this because it's the it's the knockoff to Boys Over Flowers. It has the exact same yeah. thing. Yes, snowed in, snowed in <laughs> hypothermia. But he, but doesn't he like? Because doesn't he like get one of them gets lost? Remember, they like wander away from like the main cabin where all their friends are. Yes, yeah, so and what and, and they're then, skiing in Canada. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> From China. Yeah. <laughs> Ski trip that he fun. took her to. That's it. And Which one gets lost? One of them gets lost and they leave. She might get lost and then he goes looking for her. I think that is probably okay. what happens. And then, But then they can't get back to the cabin. Correct. So they have to spend the night in, in this, this other like, cabin. abandoned yeah. cabin. This other cabin, so it's just them. Yes. And they like light this fire. Oh, it's so great. So the it's, thing with Meteor Garden is that it has every trope everyone everyone i mean we had stranded on a desert island we have amnesia yeah. oh forgot amnesia yeah we have Snowed in. enemies to lovers yeah. we have forced proximity we have bully a starvation pact <laughs> bullying starvation pact oh. <laughs> not a pact a starvation uh what is it i will die for you <laughs> well no where he's like i will starve yeah if you don't let me out to see her or something yeah. like that. Like the separated, oh like Romeo and Juliet lovers, like separation, yeah. forced separation, evil mother, poor little oh rich God. boy, plucky poor girl. <sighs> so but when we got to the desert island and like the drugging, like remember there was like a blow dart on like the London bridge and then they like come. <laughs> okay. So let's keep going. I forgot they travel all, all over the place. Yeah, too. they're just yeah, bouncing right. around. It was it was oh a, my God. quite enjoyable Wild. television. Okay, <laughs> this one was very simple to me, which is one is wounded or sick and the other has to play nursemaid. Yeah. Healer. There's never been a better nurse you back in your little bunker. <laughs> in your white sheeted bunker. Yeah. I'm going to nurse you to 
Back to Health by Deflower You. I mean, it's the best. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Deflower You to Health. Yeah. All right. So what are some elements of the trope that have come up that we haven't discussed yet? I mean, look, the thing is, K-drama is they, is they love their zombie apocalypses. Mm. And that is a great forced proximity. Uh, so that happens in Happiness, which is also Friends to Lovers, by the way. So Friends to Lovers. No, no, it's Friends to Lovers fake relationship. Yes. Forced proximity with zombies. That was like, like you pull those out of the hat. Like I, you know, and yeah. you've got a good book there. Yeah. And then All of Us Are Dead, which All of Us Are Dead is also friends to lovers. Yep. And forced proximity because you're stuck in a high school. Because you're also like with that quarantined off environment. Yeah. It's it's so it's perfect. Yeah. And then um, which we mentioned this a little bit earlier because suspicious partner falls in this. But kind of, you know, we have to be roommates, Mm. which is like a very cool case, which I, I feel like anytime you have. I feel like it's a little bit more unique to to K-dramas just because I think, like, the housing situation naturally, like, Mm -hmm. you know, pits people needing roommates or whatever. Um, But I want to give a shout out to Roommates of Poonduck 304 because the same thing. They're they're complete strangers who, uh, through kind of like a weird coincidence, end up being being roommates. And then they fall in love. And they're also kind of like enemies to lovers at first. Oh, and then it's boss-employee relationship as well. So it's a mm-hmm. whole bunch of stuff as well. It's really good. Yeah, it was good. I liked it, but only okay. Um, and then, yeah, kind of like expanding out from even the roommates is just like the neighborhood, right? Like you're in the neighborhood. Right. And I tend to do this a lot, yeah. too. Um, but our blues has this very well, especially with like, we've got like a Romeo and Juliet situation where like, it's like two former best friends, men who through a series of unfortunate events have become mortal enemies. They live in the same building. They were like childhood best friends now hate each other. They have a son and a daughter who are like number one and number two in the high school, like very gifted. Those kids fall in love and have a teen pregnancy. And they're like one of the main threads of the book. So that's a very cute drama. Yeah, drama. And then um, Reply 1988, like all the drama of like the love of young love back and adult love backdropped against an alley and soul in the 1980s and early 1990s. Hmm. Um, Can you think of any others? I feel like I we did a pretty good list. (laughs) Yeah, I think that these are fun. We didn't get into, like, any space opera stuff. We didn't get into any, like, super paranormal. Um, mm. I was thinking about, you know, like the... Oh, Goblin! Yeah, Goblin does a good frock. I mean, that's a very good one because they've got... Like, they're kind of bound through, like, a destiny and then in the home together. Mm-hmm. I think the fox speed mm-hmm. from the my roommate is a Gumio is a very simple one that, like, keeps you having to be stuck together. <laughs> Like, you got yeah, the thing I awesome. need, and it's in you. Yeah, and you can't be around, like, any men. It's it's yeah. wild. It is, it is, there, and I do love that. I love that. I did like that drama. It wasn't, like, my favorite or anything, but I did like it because there were, it felt like there were a lot of rules. And I, sometimes that's, that's kind of neat to, like, yeah. okay, these are the rules of this world, this drama, and, uh, but it always, led to like high, like she couldn't eat chicken 
Mm. And she like loves chicken. Um, and so there was like hilarious videos of, or montages of her like dreaming about chicken because she just wanted. That's a question. So this is a not, but we're wrapping up. But here's a question. Yeah. What's happening? Remember there was going to be the drama that was something where a character became a piece of fried chicken? Yeah. What I, I thought about that the other day. I'm like, where's that drama? Because it was supposed to come out this year. The sentient the piece of fried chicken. <laughs> I mean, we read it. Like, we're not crazy. No, we're not, we're not crazy. Somebody asked, asked me. That's why I thought of it. They're like, what happened to the fried chicken? I was like, I don't know. So. I will say that drama called, like, Behind Your Touch or something. Behind Your Touch or the one where, like, she gets people, like, she knows people's thoughts or something if she touches their butt. And that, if apparently people like it like it's not as crazy as i think it sounds Eamon key is the male lead from because this is my first life but i think it sounds pretty off the wall i think it sounds awesome i mean i apparently people are liking it so it's not yeah apparently people are liking it let's wrap it up and then we'll go and i'm gonna give her her chicken we'll go well i mean look that was fun and i would be down to talk about more tropes in the future we got to think of like more that we want to investigate forced proximity is forced proximity is so i cannot say that Why i feel I, like I've, it's like the I've struggled it's the one that like oh. you're always it's it's never going to be by itself because it doesn't make any sense right. by itself but you pair it with another trope and then it makes that trope 10 times better it's like delicious yeah yeah so it's like the yeah, tequila we'll talk shot about more. for that trope oh there you go there you go there you go Good, good one. Uh, yeah, I'm sure Amy will have um, tropes she wants to talk about. And if there is a trope you want us to talk about, let us know. And we'll do a deep dive on it. All right. Well, as always, a pleasure. And I hope um, Amy's yep. back to school night was fantastic. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Right. And we'll see you next time. Annyeong. Annyeong. Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonadelight.com. That's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, annyeong!